Today we began a six-part sermon series, and the theme is Going Deeper, A Call to Follow Christ. I understand these are going to be um, recorded and put on our website, and people will be listening to them online. That does not mean you can skip church. (laughs) But I've had people from Scotland and Texas and Georgia and North Carolina and all over the place who have sent me emails and said, I listened to your first sermon. It was okay, but it looks like you got a really great church there. Um, <laughs> so uh, with friends like that, who needs enemies? So anyway, I want to say this. Anybody listening online uh, this morning, uh, welcome. And you're always welcome, if possible, to worship with us here. The text and the base for this series is Luke 5, 1 through 11. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowds were pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little way from the shore, and then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you'll be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore... They left everything, and they followed him. The word of the Lord. Well, you wouldn't look at people like us, First Presbyterian kind of people. You wouldn't look at us and think that we could fish all night and catch nothing, but sometimes that happens. I've been in the ministry for 37 years, and I've seen people come up empty who are extremely affluent and very well educated. I've not only seen it in other people, but it's happened to me. There have been times in my ministry when I've fished all night and I caught nothing. 
And most of us try to cover this up when it happens in our lives. We are embarrassed by it. I am. And I don't want other people to see my weakness or that I have a need or that I'm not keeping up with the herd. So you try to cover up your emptiness. But the people around you who really love you, they see it. And when you do come up empty, being educated and being in leadership as many of us are, it's not for lack of knowledge. You know how to fish. It's not for lack of an education. You're very well educated. And it's not from having the wrong bait or, you know, not having a boat or nets. You have all of that. And the experience and the strength and even the willingness. But there are times in life, I'm telling you, and you know what I'm talking about. When even somebody like you and somebody like me can come up empty. And that's a tough nut for folks like us. We're always used to going out and helping those other folks. Those are the folks who come up empty. And God sends us out in abundance to take care of them. We're not used to failing ourselves. And this empty net thing happens in a wide variety of places in life. You can fish all night and come up in a marriage empty. You've tried everything. Therapy. Date nights. Farming the kids out. You fish all night. And that marriage is still as empty as it can be. I've known people to fish all night in the wrong career. High-powered careers where they work for corporate America, but they feel like they're in some kind of prison. Because they're in the wrong job, in the wrong place, fishing for the wrong fish. And they come up in their hearts empty. You can fish all night with one of your children, a teenager or maybe even a young adult child. And there's something about that kid that's not right. And you've worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. And you fished and you fished and you fished and you prayed. And you still come up empty with that kid. That's a painful place to be. And people will fish all night trying to find meaning and purpose in their life. And if they don't, they fill those nets with substitutes. They fill them up with things like affairs. Or addictions. Or materialism. Or a host of other lesser things. But they still, in their soul of souls... Feel empty. You know what I'm talking about. One of my classmates at Duke Divinity School 170 years ago <laughs> was a fellow named David Lloyd. And David was the president and CEO of Putt Putt International. You remember Putt Putt? And I never could figure out why David was in seminary. 
He was a top shelf achiever. He uh, was CEO of a major international company. He married a former former uh, Miss North Carolina. He had the beautiful wife, the beautiful children. All their teeth were straight. He had um, <laughs> several homes, uh, private schools, the boat, the lake, the you know the whole the whole package. What's he doing in seminary? There's no church in the country who could hold him. He'd drive you church people crazy. He'd be, you know, be wanting to build cathedrals and buy out the neighborhood and put in parking lots. I said, David, you, you can't do this to the church. You've got too much firepower. What are you doing here? And he said, well, Steve, uh, I had a life crisis. I had all this stuff. But my heart was empty. I had this life I've had to keep up. But I never was happy. And he said, I got to the point where I, I believed in my heart of hearts that if I, would, if I could just buy a Corvette, I would be happy. How sad is that, he said. That I got down to the place where I felt if I could just have that brand new, top of the line Corvette, that my package would be complete and I would be happy. Were you happy? I asked. Yeah. David came to seminary to search, but it wasn't a call. God took David. Lloyd and put him back in the business world where he belonged. But when he went back, he went back with a different heart and a different perspective on fishing. People get lost. And it happens to competent people like Peter who could fish all night long and knew exactly how to do it but couldn't come up with anything. All the fish were probably down there somewhere. I mean, you, you can't see them. And I think that's the way it is with God's work in the world. You can't see what's going on in the realm of God's kingdom. And it's right under your nose. Deep water. You cast your net and you depend on God. And it would have been easy for Peter and the others to just quit. And I know plenty of people who have, who just get out of their boat. They get out of the marriage, they get out of the job, they get out of the church. They step out of the boat, they wash their nets, they're done. Or so they think. And then maybe they have a life crisis. Maybe the voice of God comes to them in a moment and says... I need you to get back in your boat. I need you to cast out in waters that are deeper than what you were fishing in all night. I need you to go to a place where you don't have any control. Deep water. Where you've got to have a little bit of faith to live there because you can't manage it. And that's very difficult for people like us. We like committees. Now, let me say this. You like committees. <laughs> I, I kind of don't. 
But, but committees do good things. But we get together, we talk about issues, and we vote on them as if that's always what God is doing in the world. And we hope sometimes it is. But I think sometimes it's not. I think there's a God that works in deep water in places we can't see. And when we're most fatigued, God will call on us to step up. When you most feel like quitting, God will ask you to get back in your boat. When you most think, I'm done. I'm 75 years old. I've done it all. I've, you know, volunteered for everything. Nobody needs me anymore. God will say, well, not so much, Henry. I want you to get back in your boat. I'll tell you when you're done. Oh, I don't think anybody's ever done with discipleship, with following Christ. On your deathbed, you'll be following Christ, I hope. Peter could have quit. He could have left his nets. What he said was, Master, we've worked all night and we've caught nothing. But here's the word that changed the story. He said this, yet. Here's the facts, Jesus, about First Presbyterian Church, Richmond, Virginia. Blah, 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 blah. And then Peter says this, yet. Yet if you say so, I'll go back in that boat. I'll go back out to the deep water. I'll throw these nets over the side. I've been doing it all night long. There's a fatigue factor here. I'm more experienced than you are. You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. Do the math. But look, if you want me to go out deeper, I'm going. What if you said yet to Christ? Here's everything I've got, Lord. Here's my education. I went to Duke. I went to Boston University. I did this. I did that. I'm certified in that. I wrote this book. I've done all this ya-ya. What if you said, just in your heart, yet? You know, that might be the place where your life changes. That might be the place where you go to some water you'd have never thought about going to. That might be the place where Christ actually can do something with you because you finally got out of the way. See, when we're called, we're called to follow Christ, not to do good things for Jesus. Our job is not to be achievers like David Lloyd was when he came to seminary. Like, here's, I need to do some good stuff for God. God doesn't need us to do any good stuff. We need to join God where God is doing some good stuff. We follow Jesus. We don't lead him. Poor old Jesus doesn't need me to do something good for him today. This isn't about works righteousness. This is about gratitude, trust, obedience. If God told this church to jump off a cliff... It would be my prayer we would all do it. If that's what it takes to follow Jesus. Yet, Peter said, here's the facts about our database and our membership and our finances and 
And all, here's all this stuff. Yet. And there the door opens to what might be. There the door opens to the possibilities of what will come that you and I cannot see. I can't see it. I just know it's there. You know, it's interesting at the end of this story, they leave all those fish. Does that bother you? (laughs) It bothers most Presbyterians. It's just not done decently and in order. I mean, they caught all those fish. They almost sunk two boats. They'd been looking for fish all night. And then what happens? They dump them on the shore and they leave all that stuff there. That's poor stewardship. You could sell those fish and give the money to the poor. No, you know why they left all those fish there? Because this story was never, ever about fish, was it? No. Jesus got into that boat to catch Peter. What a catch that was. Man's life changed. He went from being a fisherman... To being a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to put something on your tombstone? That'd be something. Here lies John, a disciple of our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.